Now, as we've been working through the books of Kings, I hope you've been just loving hearing the stories, maybe you've been reading through the books of Kings on your own. You just always have to keep in mind that as the kingship is falling in Israel, the role of the prophet is rising. And perhaps there's no clearer example of that than when King Ahab is on the throne in the northern kingdom He's of Israel. He, he's like the worst king we've ever seen. And it's in under his reign that we really see Elijah, the great prophet, right, uh, being raised up by the Lord. Because God, in spite of the kings being horrible, continues to send his prophets. He continues to send the prophetic word to try to call his people that he loves back to worshiping him now last time that we were doing the study we saw that that ahab who's who's horrible horrible right he actually humbled himself once when he heard god's decree of destruction against him and his house and and god sees the humility of ahab in that story and because god is so gracious and merciful he actually shows mercy even to the worst of sinners even to a guy like ahab and he and he says through elijah that he's not going to bring total destruction to ahab's house during ahab's life he's gonna wait he's gonna be patient now that doesn't mean because i don't want us to get confused here that judgment's not going to happen to ahab himself god has already decreed this this guy is horrible especially what he did through well what jezebel and him did to naboth remember that israelite who was faithful to the lord and and ahab basically uh, or jezebel his wife has has naboth uh, murdered so that ahab can get what he wants <clears throat> and judgment is decreed against ahab but I want, to, I want to track a couple more of the stories because I want us to continue to see the rise of the prophets, all right? So you come to 1 Kings chapter 22, and you've got this uh, kind of amazing story in 1 Kings 22. You've got Ahab, the king of the north, and, and he's been king for a long time. And we're kind of wondering what's going on down south, you know, in Judah, where the king of, uh, from David's line is is on the throne and the king down there at this time is named Jehoshaphat and he's actually a pretty decent king and for the first time that I, I think we can uh, maybe see this in the books of Kings I I don't think this has happened up to this point you see the intersection of Ahab in the north and Jehoshaphat uh, down south that the kings actually get together because what's happening up north is you've got another kingdom Syria that just keeps on attacking Israel it, this has been going on for three years. And so maybe out of pity, Jehoshaphat, who's a pretty good king, comes up uh, to talk with Ahab. And Ahab basically asks him for help. says, will you go with me to the battle against the king of Syria? And Jehoshaphat, rightly or wrongly, maybe not so wise actually, as you read this story, decides to link up arms with this horrible king, Ahab, in the north. Uh, and so they're going to go out to battle. But you can tell that Jehoshaphat has some reservations, you know, because he really does seem to fear the Lord. And so he asked Ahab, do, do you have any like prophet of the Lord up here that you could maybe just ask before we go out to battle together? Like if this is a good idea. And Ahab says, oh, yeah, sure. I got lots of prophets. And so he calls in his 400 prophets, uh, prophets of the Lord. And, and he asks him, you know, should we go? And all the prophets are like, dude, you guys got it. You guys are going to crush it out there. And, and they all say the same thing. And Jehoshaphat, who's a good king, is kind of like looking and listening to these guys. And he's like, 
I'm not so sure these guys are telling us the truth. You got any like real prophets of the Lord around here that you could ask? One guy, uh, Zedekiah, even uh, grabs some horns and he's like, you guys are going to go and trample over the Syrians. It's going to be awesome. And, and, but Jehoshaphat is like, no, no, I really want to know, is there any real prophet of the Lord? And Ahab says, well, I mean, there is this one guy, his name's Micaiah, but I don't want to talk to him because he never says anything good about me. And Jehoshaphat's like, no, no, I really want to, I want to talk to that guy. And so he sends a messenger down to, uh, to get Micaiah. And the messenger goes down and tells Micaiah, now listen, all the prophets up here are telling the kings what they want to hear. You come up and make sure you tell them something good. And Micaiah's like, listen, I'm only going to tell them whatever the Lord says. So Micaiah comes up, stands before uh, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, and they're all in their royal robes, and they're like ready to go out to battle. And, and, and Ahab's like, what do you, what's going to happen out here, Micaiah? What, what's going to happen in the battle? And Micaiah kind of uh, sarcastically, apparently, says, you know what? It's just like these guys say go out there. You guys are going to kill it today. It's going to be awesome. Go out there. And Ahab's like, all right, tell me the truth. What's going to happen out in the battle? And Micaiah says, look, this is in 1 Kings 22, verse 17. He says, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master let everybody go home. That's what I see. And Ahab turns over to Jehoshaphat. He's like, see, this guy never says anything good about me. Because he knew exactly what Micaiah was getting at. Micaiah was saying, you're going to die today, Ahab. The people aren't going to have a king today at the end of the day because you're going down. And without a king over Israel, they're going to be like sheep without a shepherd. And Ahab's like, that. See, this guy's a terrible guy. Throw this, and eventually somebody comes over and punches Micaiah in the face. Ahab has him thrown in prison and says, look, you're staying in prison, not getting fed much at all until I come back in peace. And Micaiah says, listen, everybody, if this guy comes back in peace, I'm not a prophet. He's not coming back. Well, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, they decide they're still going to go out to battle, but Ahab maybe does have a few more reservations after hearing Micaiah's prophecy. So, so he says to Jehoshaphat, hey, hey, Jehoshaphat, how about today, since we're both kings, you know, we got our royal robes, how about today I take off my royal robes and I'll just kind of like dress up like a soldier and kind of blend in among everybody? And how about you dress up like the king? You know, I mean, everything's going to be fine, I'm sure, but maybe you kind of be like the king in the battle and I'll just kind of blend in with everybody. And Jehoshaphat, who I think is being presented as a pretty foolish guy, despite him being a pretty decent king all in all, agrees to this. I mean, he actually agrees to be the only one dressed up like a king going out to battle. Then you find out that the king from Syria has told his troops, hey, I don't want to fight today. I only want to get Ahab. That's it. Find him kill him. I don't care about anybody else. Well, this is going to go well for Jehoshaphat, right? He's, the, the, uh, the guys from Syria start chasing after him. They see a guy who looks like the king of Israel sitting on his chariot, and they start chasing after Jehoshaphat, and he starts like crying out, no, 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 I'm not Ahab. Don't come after me. Don't come after me. 
And so they realize it's not Ahab. So they go back and they, they don't know where he is. So they figure they're not going to be able to get him. Ahab has seemingly, uh, you know, found a way out. He's not going to die today. But then you find that one, one guy from the Syrian army decides, you know what? I'm kind of bored today. I'm going to just pull back this arrow on my bow. I'm going to just let it fly, see what happens. Shoots the arrow at random. And you know who it hits? Out of the entire army of Israel, you know who it is. It hits Ahab right in the very spot between his armor where it can go into him. And he realizes as he's so wounded that he's going to die. He bleeds out and he dies. And the word of the Lord happens just like God said it would. That's, that was the end of First Kings chapter 22, which really is the end of First Kings. You have Ahab's son, Ahaziah, comes to the throne, and unfortunately he follows exactly in the steps of his father, not just in the ways of Jeroboam, but he's just like his dad, Ahab, and he's horrible, and we're starting to realize, you know what, that kingdom, that, that uh, dynasty of Ahab is going down in a hurry. But as you come into Second Kings chapter 1, you, you, start, you come back, not to the king, but you come back to the prophet, Elijah. Elijah is going to be raised up again in the story, but not just Elijah, because you remember, do you remember that guy that Elijah has following him around everywhere? He's got an assistant now. Remember when Elijah was all pouty back in uh, 1 Kings, I think 19, and, and God said, I want you to get somebody to go around with you. Remember who that was? That was Elisha. And it's not just Elijah anymore. He's got Elisha, an assistant with him wherever he goes. Now, now keep this in mind. You come into 2 Kings chapter 1, and Ahaziah, this new king, Ahab's son, is, is, is on the throne, and he's a horrible king, and he's being attacked by another people group, I think by uh, Moab, and he's seemingly like walking around in his house, and he falls through some lattice, and he gets really hurt. And, and he's so hurt that he wants to know if he's ever going to get better. And so he wants to ask a God if he's going to get better. And you know what he does? He doesn't want to hear from the God of Israel. He doesn't want to go talk with, send anybody to talk with Elijah. Instead, Ahaziah says to, to his guys, hey, go over there to this other God, to Beelzebub, and ask that God if I'm going to get better. Well, Elijah hears about this. God is not pleased. And Elijah hears about this, and he intercepts these guys who are going to this other God to try to find out what's going to happen to their king. And Elijah says, isn't there a God in Israel? Isn't there a prophet in Israel that the king needs to go to a foreign God to try to find out what's going to happen to him? You tell the king this from me. He's never getting off that bed that he's on. He's going to die. So the guys go back. They go back, and Ahaziah is like, why did you guys come back so quickly? And they tell him, look, this guy showed up. He said, you're going down. You're never getting off the bed. That's what the God of Israel says. And, and uh, Ahaziah is like, who was it? And they say, well, well, this guy, whoever he was, he, he was wearing a garment of hair. This is in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8. It says that he was wearing a garment of hair with a leather belt around his waist. He was dressed up kind of funny. And the king says, just from hearing the clothing, that guy was Elijah. Go get him. 
He gathers a captain with 50 men. He says, go down there, bring Elijah to me because he hates Elijah. The, the captain goes down with 50 men and says, oh man of God, come with me. Elijah says, if I'm a man of God, I'm going to call fire down from heaven and you're all going to die. Fire falls, kills the captain and his 50 men. So Ahaziah sends another captain with another 50 men down. Go get Elijah. The guy comes down with his men. Oh man of God, come with me. Elijah says, if I'm a man of God, I'm calling fire down from heaven. You're going down. 50 more men are consumed in the fire. Ahaziah, so stubborn, sends another captain with 50 more men down to get Elijah. You know what this captain does? He sees Elijah and he falls on his face and says, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, don't, don't send fire down from heaven. Honest, I, I just, I gotta do, I'm just here. Please, 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 please come with me. And Elijah says, all right. I'll go with you. God tells him it's going to be safe. So Elijah goes back, delivers the word directly to the king. You're never getting off this bed. You're going to die. This is the word of the Lord. And you know what happens at the end of 2 Kings chapter 1? What always happens in the books of Kings? The word of the Lord comes to pass. God's prophets speak his word and his words always happen just like he says they will. And then you come to 2 Kings chapter 2. This will be our last our last little story for this for this session, Second Kings chapter two, the time has come. Elijah is going home, not not to where he came from. He, God, is about to take Elijah to be with himself. This is what we're told at the beginning of Second Kings, chapter two. The Lord is about to take Elijah up to heaven to be with him, but Elijah has his buddy, his his assistant, Elisha. His kind of protege, the guy he's been kind of mentoring, you know, if you will, with him. And Elijah tells Elisha, hey, I want you to stay here. I got to go by myself over to this place. And Elisha says, listen, as, as the Lord lives, I'm not leaving you. I'm sticking right by your side. And so they keep on going. And then some other guys come over to Elisha and they say, hey, did you hear the rumor? Your master's going to be taken away from you today. And Elisha's like, I heard it. Keep quiet. So they go on a little further. Elijah's like, I want you to stay here. I got to go by myself. Elijah says, listen, I'm sticking with you. The, prop, the other guys come over. Hey, Elisha, did you hear your, your master's going to be taken? I heard it. Quiet. They go on a third time. Elijah's like, stay here. I want to go across the Jordan by myself. And Elijah's like, I'm going with you. No matter what, I'm not leaving you. They cross over the Jordan River, just the two of them. And Elijah finally asks Elisha, what do you want, Elisha? And Elisha says, I want you to give me a double portion of the spirit that's been on you. And Elijah's like, that's a hard thing. I don't know. I don't know what God's going to do. But if you see me, if you see me taken up from you into heaven, if you see what God does, it'll happen. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 11, as they still went on, I mean, they're talking, and then suddenly a chariot, chariots of fire and horses of fire separate Elijah and Elisha because nothing was going to separate them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And Elisha goes back. And, and you think, what, what's the point? Elisha saw 
Elijah taken up into heaven. And, and we think, well, for one thing, when's the last time that happened? I mean, that somebody could leave this earth and still continue to live in the presence of God. We haven't seen that since, since Enoch, right? In, in the first chapters of Genesis, that he, he just wasn't there anymore because God took him. He was a man who walked with God and just seemed to keep walking with God beyond this place. And this seems to happen with Elijah as well. But we also see from the story, Elisha saw what happened. And Elijah had told him, if you see it, God will put a double portion of his spirit on you. And Elisha will be an even greater prophet than Elijah ever was. And you think that'll happen? You think that God's going to keep speaking through his prophets? That, that a man could even be a greater prophet than Elijah was? He could be if God's spirit makes him that kind of man. And the next time that we, uh, next study, we're going to look at what God continues to do, not now through Elijah, but through his protege, Elisha, the new man of God.